Welcome. You're listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope that you're encouraged and challenged by this week's message. Part of moving forward is growing and experiencing new things. New things. Many people like new things. I'm not going to ask you that you put your hand up, but many people would love if you could have a new car. They love a new car. They love the new car smell. People want a new house. They want a new job. They want a new phone, which gives you every function that your previous 10 phones did, I'm sure. And the Bible speaks a lot about new things. Revelation 21, 5, And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. So this is now at the end. Everything's wrapping up and all the prophecies are beginning to all finish. And yet God's still doing something new. Isaiah 65, 17, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered or come to mind. All things are becoming new. In Isaiah 42, 9, he says, behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Sometimes we need to know that even in every error, every mistake, every blunder, it gives us another opportunity. His mercies are new every morning. It's no sooner do our eyes awake and there's mercy that's waiting for us. And again, this is the idea of moving forward, of doing something new, of not staying stuck. And too many times we've just allowed things that have happened to just have us hindered and and we remain there. Here's something for us to know as well in 2 Corinthians 5.17 and Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ He is a new creature. The old things passed away. Past tense. Behold, new things have come. It says anyone. Just say with me, anyone. That means everyone. There's no one excluded. So it doesn't matter what class, what race, what nationality, what language or geographic region you're from. This is for everyone and anyone Anyone could be a new creation in Jesus Christ. And this is for the promise for anyone that's in Christ. This is not a promise for those who are in themselves or in the religion of men or in something or someone else. If we're in Christ, we're a new creation. The saved, when we're saved, we're not just forgiven. We're changed into a new creation. We're made into a new creature. We need to know this. I've met too many people that don't know this. They just continue on. They just think they are. I'm an alcoholic. Are you saved and born again? Yes. Then you're not an alcoholic. Maybe you were an alcoholic. You have a new identity, a new creation. This fact is vitally important for us to know. I was thinking about, and it's a rough example, but the caterpillar to the butterfly Like, if you didn't know, science didn't say that this is the same thing, you'd be like, there's no way. This thing is a small little creepy thing 
that's chewing on these leaves and a butterfly is a completely different looking thing. Like we're not the same. We're a new creation in him. In him, we're new. You got to grasp that because so many of us just continue on. There's no rebirth. There's no regeneration. We just continue on completely changed. Spurgeon says this. I love Charles Spurgeon. I use his quotes probably more than anyone else. He minces no words. They call him the prince of preachers, but he says this. It'll be on the screen. It is unfair for us to expect those who are not in Christ to live as if they were a new creation. However, it is not unfair to expect a changed life from people who say they're Christians. I know no language. I believe there is none that it can can express a greater or more thorough and more radical renewal than that which is expressed in the term, a new creature. So we're not the same. We, we don't remain the same. If anyone is in Christ, you're a new creation. That doesn't mean that we're perfect. Too many times maybe we get an, a sense of pride. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It means that we're changed and that we're in the process of being changed as we yield and obey God in his word. Salvation is a process of sanctification in him. So who can make us a new creation? God alone. See, it's not just us and our willpower to do it. It's not turning over a new leaf. This time you hear, you hear, you hear people say that. Oh, I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm going to stop smoking this year. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. It's not just turning over a new leaf or getting your act together. The life of a new creation is not something that God does for us, but in us. God's doing something on the inside if we're yielded and as we let him. He truly changes us from the inside out. We're made new. Praise God. Praise God that we're made new, born again. Some of us carry pain, hurt, disappointment, and are wounded from thing, with things from our past. Let us let the old things pass away. We need to remember that we're created anew in Christ. And friends, I'm not diminishing any pain or hurt. Please hear my heart in that. There comes a time, though, where as much as we can, we need to press forward and let God heal those things. He says of himself that he's the healer. And it's more than just physical scars. He can heal our emotional scars. He is our helper and will help us to press onward and upward. We're to lay all things before him at the cross. Every hurt, every disappointment, everything and anything that would keep us back from embracing him fully. Because too many times those things are what keeps us back. We can't draw near to, to God because there's things that we allow that keep us back from him. He heals up our wounds and sets our feet on the path. David had many setbacks, King David. He had many setbacks. And those many people who wanted him dead. I know there's people that may not like you. Maybe they say bad things about you. But they're not throwing and hurling spears at you and attempting on your life. But he trusted God to avenge. It was up to God. He didn't fight for the throne. He didn't fight for the crown. It was God's to give. And he would just yield. If God wanted someone else, David would just yield. But what he did do was cry out to God. He put his life in God's hands and moved forward. There's so many lessons we can learn from the scriptures. With that, though, 
How we react to things can be more important than what has happened. Do you know anyone that's an overreactor? Elbows to spouses, maybe left or right. We know some people who overreact. Could you imagine, I'm just, I'm not trying to be, be funny with this, but could you imagine that meeting an adult that continually limped because at six years old somebody stepped on their foot and they just decided to keep the limp. But many of us kind of do that spiritually where we've continued on with a limp where it was something that we should have moved onward from. Sometimes people overreact to hurts that unfortunately happened, but won't move past them. Epictetus says this, it's not what happens to you, but how you react to it that matters. Sometimes the reaction is much more than what happened. Everyone, all of us, we all have circumstances and things that happen that are out of our control. I mean, they call them unforeseen circumstances for a reason. We had that in our house with Sherry breaking her foot. Look at 2020. Who could have saw that coming? Two weeks to flatten the curve end up being two plus years and, and what have you. We're caught off guard. Things happen. Unforeseen circumstances. Life is not fair. If no one's ever told you that, let me be the first. Life is not fair. You could do all the right things and be good and, and bad things can still happen. Life is not fair. How we react is what matters. How we react to the things. The things that happen, does it drive us on our knees and press in and pray? Or does it have us get bitter? And too many Christians live bitter lives from hurts that have happened in the past. Have we fallen into despair? Or have we kept a God-centered focus? What we're facing today, are we overreacting with what we're facing? If we're not careful, we can continue to live in the past or worse yet, get stuck there. And sometimes, friends, if you meet people that sad, I'll tell you just a, a brief story, but my parents divorced when I was six. We didn't have much uh, contact growing up with my dad. But if I'd sit down and I've, I've talked with him through, over the course of the years, but he is stuck in 1978. He has never moved forward. And he's stuck there. You could talk to him and it'd probably be five or ten minutes before he's stuck back there. And it's a sad life that he's led because he's never moved forward. He's never ever looked to anything in the future. And as I said earlier, God, the Ancient of Days, is always doing something new. Moses, the incredible man of God, one of my favorite characters in all the Bible. I just love the whole story of Moses. But Moses got stuck in the past. Let us look at Numbers chapter 20, verse 8. And God says to him, take the rod, and you and your brother Aaron assemble the congregation and speak to the rock before their eyes, that it may yield its water. You shall thus bring forth water for them out of the rock and let the congregation and their beasts drink. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord, just as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock. And he said to them, listen now, you rebels. Shall we bring forth water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came forth abundantly, and the congregation and their beasts drank. But the Lord, that little phrase, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you have not believed me 
to treat me as holy in the sight of the sons of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. Those were the waters of Meribah because the sons of Israel contended with the Lord and he proved himself holy among them. Moses was a guy always striking stuff with his staff. Raise your staff, hit this, hit that. And God says to him, speak to the rock. And in his anger, in his frustration with the congregation, he hits it twice. And God still honors that and water comes forth. But God was displeased because he didn't obey the instruction of God. He was stuck in the past. He did it the way that he always did it. And friends, we can do the same thing. We can get stuck. You know, maybe 20, 30 years ago, this is how God moved or or whatever it was, the method that, that was going on. But we need to know what God is saying today. Each community is different. We're part of Edinburgh Elam. What may be working in city center is not working in Haddington. God moves and does things differently. We need to know what God wants us to do. What's his plan and strategy for this place? We need to listen and press in and obey what he says. Sometimes to move forward, things need to be confronted. Now, most people don't like confrontation. I've met people that were part of the debate club. They have debates where this person against that person. And people love that. Our son-in-law is that way. He was on the debate team. He'll debate anybody at any time. But most people as a whole don't like confrontation. But when the pain of staying the same becomes more than the pain of change, that's when we can begin to move forward. When we realize, I can keep doing what I'm doing, but nothing is going to progress and we're not, not moving forward Or do I put aside the fear and move forward and take the chance? John Spence says this, you cannot change what you refuse to confront. Now I'm not talking about an argument, but I'm talking about confrontation of of saying, hey, this hurt me, this is keeping me back from God. I have wounds and hurts in my heart, but you know what? I need to bring it to the cross and I need to allow God to heal me so that I can move on, so that I can mature, so that I can grow, instead of staying stuck there. If we're followers of Christ and we're children of God, how should we live then? We're talking about going into this new year. What should be our resolutions as the people make resolutions at this time of year? How should we resolve to live? Paul gives us some good points. I have some more scriptures I want us to read. These are ones maybe take note of and you could reflect back on over the year. Kind of use it as your compass on how we're doing. Ephesians 5.15. And he says, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. This says to me, as a church, we need to be prayed up. The days are evil and we can see that it's only progressing and getting worse. Philippians 4.8, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. So these are things that our mind should be occupied with, not worry and fear and concern. No, we should be thinking about things that are of good reputation, of good repute, Anything worthy of praise. May these be some of our resolves, our resolutions to make for this year. In Colossians, he gives us a good list. Therefore, chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, 
Keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. Again, that separation. You walked that way. We're not walking that way anymore. If we're still walking that way, we need to reassess what is going on. But know also then, put aside all anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside your old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man. But Christ is all and in all. So, as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, tells us, and I've shared this before, about what to take off. And he says, instead, put on a heart of compassion. Friends, this world needs people with a heart of compassion. Kindness, the forgotten thing that's fallen by the wayside. Humility. Friends, these are what we need to be living out. Gentleness and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you. And it's like, oh, you're holding on to that stuff. By the way, Jesus forgave you. Right? This is what he says to us. So also should you forgive anyone. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one, to one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. That's a whole lot of things to say, but those are some examples. How should we live as followers of Christ? There should be markable growth. There should be markable maturity. Are we still living the same? Are we still walking the same way? Are we still going to the same things? Are we still holding on to hurts and things from our past? Or are we dealing and confronting them and saying, you know what? For 25 years, this has been X in my life and it's hindered me from all that God wants me to do. It's time I confront it. It's time with the help of Christ. We sang in that one song, every chain is breakable. Nothing is impossible. Today, today you may be saying it's impossible. You know, I, I'm a fifth generation alcoholic and it's impossible to break this off. Well, it's not. Every chain is breakable in him. You can't have freedom in Christ. 
If we put into practice these words which I read to you from Colossians, if we put into practice these words from God, if we forget our past failures, mistakes, shortcomings, friends, we've messed up. Some of us made mistakes just when we were teenagers. Some of us made mistakes in our early 20s. Some of it is just we didn't know any different. We need to move forward. Only then can we truly begin to live again and grow in Him. God's desire is that we grow up in Him and reach maturity and not to remain like babies craving milk. We're to be growing and maturing. God wants us like Christ. His desire of of working in our lives is that when we begin to look and act more like Jesus. That's what he wants for our lives. It said earlier, I read, but we have a new nature. We're a new creation, a new creature. When we accept him, with his help, we can get up, we can dust ourselves off and begin to move forward. Friends, may this be the year that you get up and soar in him. Maybe it's been years and years and years. May this be the year that you begin to look at those things and bring them to the cross and move forward. Allow him to heal our hearts. As a church, may we take new ground together as we share the hope that we have. We have a community that needs desperately to have hope in him. As the time of the end draws closer, the world around us needs hope like never before. Friends, we have hope in Him. Let Him do something new in you. Don't resist. Let Him work in your heart. Just take a few moments as I'm closing this out. Just close your eyes and just maybe say to Him, God, what's the new thing you need to do in me? What are the things that don't please you? What are the things in my life, in my heart that are are keeping me back? Because God, you want us to soar. Lord, you don't want us to have anything, Paul said, anything that hinders, throw off so that you could run the race that's before you. Yield to him and to his will for your life. Put aside the old things. Lay down yesterday's disappointments and focus on what lies ahead. There's a reason that the mirror, the rear view mirror in your car is so small and the windscreen so big because you need to look where you're going, not where you've been. So Father, I just pray that our focus, our attention would be on what's ahead and what you want us to do ahead. Father, may we be planning for the future in you. And Lord, but to do that, we have to let go of the things that are hindering us and holding us back. You're doing something new, but only as we yield to what you want to do. And Lord, some of the things that you do when we need to have some growth, you're the gardener, the good gardener. You need to trim off some things, prune some things. God, sometimes things are painful that you're working in our hearts and lives, but God, it's so that we can bear more fruit and be much more fruitful. Father, today I just pray if anyone does not know you, they've never made a decision to be a new creature, a new creation in you. Lord, today I just pray that they would just say, Father, 
I give you my life. I yield to you. I want to be a new creation in you. Lord, you said the old things are passed away. Father, I just pray they would put aside those old things. They would make confession of faith in you, Jesus Christ. And Lord, to do that, we have to admit, oh God, that we're a sinner. And as we sang that song, Lord, I need you, we need to say, I need a savior. I can't do it. My good deeds won't save me. Being a good person won't save me. It's only accepting Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed at the cross for me. Lord, you said anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Lord, I pray that you're at work among us. Lord, each of us have things that we need to just put aside, even as Alex was sharing that at the beginning, God. But the little things. And Lord, as he was saying that, it made me think of that verse about the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things, God. Sometimes it's not the big things. It's the little things that just a nudge here, a nudge there, and we're off the path. Father, I pray that we would be diligent to stay focused. Father, today I just pray if anyone has had just disappointments and hurts and a broken heart over many things, oh God, that have happened. Father, I just pray now by your Holy Spirit that you'll bring healing. Lord, that you'll bring restoration in those areas. Lord, that you'll heal us. You'll make us whole. Lord, that you'll set our feet upon the path. So, Lord, I just pray that this year will be just a special year in the life of this church, oh God. For each of us, God. As we yield to you, Lord, I just pray that we'd be more like you, Jesus. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for another inspirational message. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelamchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.